The gospel for this night comes from Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret." And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consume and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I invite you to join me in a prayer that was written for this day by Arthur, uh, Cole, uh, Cole Arthur Riley. God of the ashes, today let us hold the tension of this story of our making. Born of the dirt, beautifully connected to the earth we walk on, yet destined for death, the reality of our mortality inescapable. In this season, teach us how to exist in the tension between beauty and decay. As we begin Lent, help us to become honest about the ways our societies and selfhoods are marred by injustice, cruelty, neglect, and greed. Help us see our own role in the decay of the world, that as we push back evil, we might become people capable of admitting those secret evils which dwell in us. And as we name how we have been complicit in the ashes of this world, help us to bear them in solidarity and hope, knowing that even the dust deserves our dreaming. Amen. Dusting is the thing I always forget. I clean the bathrooms, which isn't anyone's favorite job, I know, but... It is oddly satisfying to look at clean white porcelain and see the fruits of your labor. I vacuum the floors, I scrub the kitchen sink and polish the stovetop. I change the sheets and I run loads of laundry. If it's a really good day, I remember to water the plants. And when I get it all done, I sit down and I take a deep breath and almost inevitably I say to myself, dusting. I forgot it again. 
Then I look around and my feet hurt and I'm sweaty and I'm tired and I think, I'll do it later. But I usually don't. Dusting is the thing I always forget. But the dust is everywhere. You can go for long periods of time without necessarily noticing it, which is probably why it's so easy to forget at the end of all the other tasks. Until the sun shines a certain way through the window, or you walk into a room and the light catches a tabletop, or you look into a corner you don't normally pay attention to, and you realize how much dust there actually is. It's everywhere, all the time. Even if you do remember to dust, you'd probably have to start all over as soon as you finish, like painting a bridge, because it just settles back down into everything. All of those things run through my head while I'm sitting on the couch, contemplating whether to get up and dust everything or just take a short breath. Is there really a point? Will anyone notice? Is anyone coming over this week, or is it just us? Who really cares? Isn't the dust just going to win in the end anyway? Ash Wednesday can be and has been a lot of different things over the years. A reminder of our mortality. An invitation into Lenten practices of prayer and simplicity. A proclamation of our need for repentance and turning around to go a different direction. Sometimes, unfortunately, a kind of hammer over the head about sin and guilt. But it can also be just a simple admitting of the truth. That the dust does win in the end. That try as we may to chase it away or keep things looking polished and clean or just look away when the sun shines right onto it and promise ourselves that we'll deal with it later. Maybe sometimes what we need is a day to admit that we are human, all of us. We are terribly dusty no matter what we do. And there is a freedom in telling the truth about it. There is always a profound irony about reading Jesus' words from Matthew on this day. The one day that we do something to mark our faces in a way that others can clearly see. And Jesus says to us, Don't look dismal like those who disfigure their faces to show they are fasting. Be sure to wipe that cross off before you leave, I guess. But it seems that what Jesus is getting at is digging underneath the surface of our carefully curated lives. The images we present to others, all our attempts to make ourselves look good, feel busy, needed, and important. Who are you doing this for? Jesus asks. Does your humanity bring you closer to other people? Does it shape you toward compassion and humility? Or is it secretly a competition? A race to the finish line. To see who can be the most impressive. Underneath it all, sometimes very close to the service, the dust is always waiting. The dust will win in the end. This is not an easy message. Especially in days when we feel like we hardly need another reminder of mortality. The most haunting image I have seen recently of dust 
is that of a father holding his daughter's hand, sitting in the rubble of their home in Turkey, waiting for the recovery team to come and uncover her body. His eyes hollow, his hand covered with dust and dirt and the crumbled bits of their home, holding her hand as he must have done a thousand times in her young life. She's 15 years old, and they are covered in dust. Dust is everywhere. The world groans with furious storms and melting ice. Our neighbors are sleeping on the streets tonight, bitter with cold. People we love are doing everything they can to put one foot in front of the other while living with the daily exhaustion of depression. Doctors are giving terrible diagnoses to people every day, and some of them will be us. We know we are dust. We know we will return to it. Who needs another reminder? But we might need a place to say that we are not always okay, that we're human, and we're tired. And we can't always pretend that we are fine or that we know what we're doing. That at 2 a.m. we wake up and wonder if everything is going to turn out all right in the end. That sometimes we do good things not just to do them, but because we want other people to see us and think well of us, which lines us right up with those people Jesus is not especially happy with today. That we feel helpless to make the world better sometimes. We can feel the dust creeping up on us. Maybe it's a relief to tell the truth together. The prayer I began with tonight finished with these words, even the dust deserves our dreaming. Life is dirty, dusty, messy, even at the best of times. We never do manage to clean it up, and sometimes we quit trying. But within that dust and dirt, God can plant new life. Being wounded is scary, but when we admit to one another what our wounds are, we might begin to discover that we're not alone in them. Admitting that we're covered in dust might be embarrassing, but when we admit to one another what that feels like, we might begin to be less ashamed. Confessing that we feel helpless amidst the dust and dirt of the world, the depth of violence and injustice and cruelty seemingly woven into every part of life, that's painful. But when we say it out loud to each other, we might find the courage to build a different way. Remembering that we are dust is not a curse or a sentence of condemnation or even an ending. It's the beginning. Our ancestors told stories about what God could do with dust. 
how God could kneel down and form the dust into a living being and breathe life into it. They told stories of a God who became flesh and knelt down in the dust and spit into it to make mud and then rubbed the mud on the eyes of a man who had been born blind so that he could see. They told stories of that Emmanuel, that God with us, who carried his own cross through the dusty, dirty streets of Jerusalem, another victim of the lie that violence can save us, and woke up three days later in his own tomb and walked out of it. The dust will win in the end. It always does. But maybe today we can remember that what we think is the end is to God yet another beginning. The God of the dust, the God of the ashes, who created us to be human, fully human, dust and all. Remember that you are this beloved dust and that even the dust deserves your dreaming. Amen.